This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. My name's Ron Nexasy, and you're listening to Blue Men Group. I'm with my co-hosts, John Biedrin and Devin Welsh. Hi. Nice to be Yo. here. Hi. Great to see both of you. Both of you. Uh, <laughs> let's get, I mean, let's jump right into it. We uh, start the show off with compliment section, uh, sponsored by one of our favorite listeners, Robbie Abiobi, down in He New pays Zealand. a lot. He pays a lot to he does. Uh, keep this segment on the air. It does. He does. He. Uh, it, I can't even get into numbers, and uh, I won't. So actually, we'll get into numbers later. Uh, yeah. Keep it quick, Robbie says. So, John, my compliment to you, your voice. It sounds incredible. I love it. Thank Devin, you. I think you're, uh, you're, 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 the way in which you present yourself uh, <laughs> is, is nice. nice. That's, that's my compliment. Um, Mark, very quick. Ron, very quick. Uh, also, nice two names. Devin, you're very, you look very tall today. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, I'm standing up. Um, that makes a big difference. Your head and shoulders above yourself from last week. Yeah. That's great. Um, uh, to both of you, my compliment is it was nice to, to see and touch your physical forms uh, when we saw each other in real life. And so oh, that's yeah. my compliment for you. It's, it's good for you that you're still a real entity and you haven't gone completely into the computer for, <laughs> thank yeah. you thank absolutely. you absolutely yeah thank likewise you, there was a lot of touch there was more touching than i thought there was going to be but it was it was good <laughs> yeah and th yeah. this is all uh it, for for listeners uh we we got together in in the flesh for the first time since we've started this podcast uh and we worked on a special which you'll be hearing sometime uh in the next year i guess so we're mm -hmm. we're putting a lot of uh time and and uh you know, crafting this special into something that we want to deliver to you, the listener. <laughs> there was an uh, extreme amount of preparation done right before. And, yes. Uh, leading uh, up to. Yeah. So we're excited to to share that with you, uh, you know, soon. But uh, I, wor I soon. worry that <laughs> I worry that we'll get people's hopes up. I want to intervene here and say we didn't Please. put very much effort at all into this special, but no, we'll continue yeah. to put more effort into future ones. So keep Keep your hopes low for the first one, and then yes. and then rack and then rock it back up. Yeah, your expectations for the second one. Yeah, sure. I mean it gives it gives you something to look forward to in terms of the uh, uh, Blue Men Group uh, special in depth reporting. Uh, oh that yeah, you, you know that that you you kind of expect from us actually. Uh, now that we are <laughs> twenty four episodes in, this is our twenty fourth episode, and uh, do you know what? We're just gonna keep on going. So let's hop in as we do to our first segment, This Week in History. 1997. All right. Former President George H.W. Bush, then age 72, parachutes from a plane over the Arizona desert. Bush skydives again twice over the next few years. So there we go. <laughs> <Wait>. That is <laughs> twice over the next few years. 
I and I believe he he parachuted like right before he died or something like that. He, he, <laughs> I, for 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 those of you uh, unable to see uh, the uh, screen, uh, which is everyone listening, uh, George H. W. Bush was president of the United States and vice president of the United States, actually, uh, in the 1990s, 80s, and 90s. And he was an avid skydiver because I believe that's what he did in the military. Although, mm. don't get it co mm. confused or complicate. Don't complicate this. He was the son of a senator, so uh, right, he's not yeah. like you know just enlisting and like jumping out of planes. He, he this is a this is a very very rich man doing this. Right. They had him do it so that way they could show the cadets what it, what a good boy should look like jumping out of the plane. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Also, that was and, his mission. also head of the CIA uh, after Watergate. Mm -hmm. uh, that is and, also yeah. true. The first, yeah, head of the CIA, the only head of the CIA to become president. Um, have either of you ever skydived? Skydiving. No. no. Skydiving. Dovin. Skydiving. Welsh. Would you? Would you ever? Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know. really see the need. Yeah, there's a good point. I probably, <laughs> I would try it. If I needed to get somewhere and skydiving was my only way, probably. But yeah. What just I'm as a lark, I don't know. What I'm wondering is why this story was even in Today in History. I agree. <laughs> like, it was a big day in history. It was the anniversary of George H.W. Bush fl jumping out of a plane one time out of the few times he did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, I don't know what weird. else there is to explain. It is weird right. that he's he's done it multiple times, but this one is like the one that they wanted to <laughs> talk about because he he did it on his night seventy uh, second. That yeah, it says his seventy second, but then I have video right here where he did it on his ninetieth birthday, and you would think that that would be a bit more of a news story. The Mr. fact President, that a ninety year old we can't man allow you to jump out of a plane at ninety. I feel like this is kind of this skydiving story is almost like. The only thing that can slip past the censors as like <laughs> some way of mentioning George H.W. Bush and something that he did happened on this day in history, but that yeah. is redacted and we can't know, you know, what what actually happened. Is. So right. we have a stand in, which is George H.W. Bush skydives. Yeah, it's totally. also an incredibly good alibi when some like covert op assassination goes down. And then yeah. it's like, where was George H.W. on this day? And it's like he was in the air. He was just. Yeah, yeah, fun. yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I like so, to imagine that at the after he became president, because this is post presidency, that he yeah. he read that he like ran out of ideas of what to do because he was he was kind of retired, and so he picked up that book. What color is your parachute? <laughs> and he took it literally, <laughs> and he took it literally. <laughs> That's so. I liked it. I didn't know where that was going, and I was I was delightful delightful at the end. Thank uh, you. Yeah, so the fact that he he skydove and at uh, skydived at at ninety uh is 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 kind of weird like there's a photo of him if you just look up george hw bush 90 <laughs> skydiving it doesn't look like he's that happy about it he's also uh it's very funny he's sitting in someone's lap yeah well he did like the tandem jump because he's yeah. probably too old to be just jumping on but his he's own. in he's in the air and he's in recliner position like his like legs are like up and his arms are out like in an armchair yeah and then when he's on the ground, he's in a wheelchair. So I don't even know if if he should have been jumping out of that plane at 90. Uh, everybody is kind of looking on. I see his son, uh, artist George W. Bush, looking at him. 
Uh, seems as though there's some sort of a uh, uh, secret service around him, etc. That must be difficult when you're up in the air being a secret service guy because you probably have to jump with him. You have to make sure True. that no, there's nobody you know messing with him up you in have the to air. Jump, jump in front of him in case someone shoots. Yeah. So uh, I mean, he would have uh, apparently done it skydive if he was 95, but he. Uh, yeah, it says every fifth birthday he celebrates with skydiving. Yeah, which is kind of like the Jack LaLanne feats of strength thing. Yeah, but it's sort of like the skull and bones version or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's what you do if you have a couple mill laying around. Everything about this creeps me out. I think <laughs> I think we should move it's, on. It's very uh, creepy. Yeah. Very creepy. He's a uh, creepy old man uh, no longer with us. So, uh George Herbert Walker Bush um that, skydiving that. in heaven. That that's all, yeah. Uh, so th- let's uh, move on to our next segment. What's, What's in the news? All right, everybody. Uh, we have some news out of North Dakota, that which is in the United States. It's right smack dab in the middle, up near Canada. Uh, I guess look for, hmm, what is it, Alberta or uh, Saskatchewan, then go south, uh, and that's North Dakota. Uh, We have an issue, red alert issue, okay? Um, The popcorn machine at the uh, North Dakota Capitol has been removed after it has twice triggered fire alarms that brought firefighters to the building this week and caused legislators to evacuate. Oh, no. So uh, I love popcorn. I, I love making popcorn. It's like a little treat, you know, little tiny kernels. You put them on that heat and they just get hot and just explode in the in the uh, in that little tin can metal container thing. Yeah. But this I don't know. We've we saw what happened in on January 6th at the U.S. St- uh, federal capital in Washington, D.C. It seems as though smaller you know, I don't want to say skirmishes are happening at uh, uh, other capitals buildings, but this is, I don't know, th- this is, this seems pretty, pretty shocking. Yeah, this story could possibly be connected to other capital building shakeups, but it's hard to say right now because the story is so, such a breaking story. Yeah, I don't have f- all the details yet. Yeah, yeah this the- is a fluid situation. Yeah, it's funny the way that the, uh, this story, uh, hot off the AP wire, actually. Um, yeah. Red hot, very way, hot. Yeah, it's story, about to pop. Yeah. yeah, the way this story is framed is is um, is that you know the popcorn machine was a, a source of of you know if at times tenuous uh, agreement and uh, harmony in this yeah. state capital. <laughs> yeah, that its removal could sort of threaten a breakdown, um, a new kind of political war. Yeah, I know. Yeah. House Majority Leader Chet Pollard said the popcorn helped bring together House Republicans, whose caucus oh. had been, quote, a little strained due to the coronavirus pandemic and the House expulsion of former Representative <laughs> Luke Simons, the Bismarck Tribune reported. Popcorn cheers people up for a reason, Pollard said. And now it's gone. And that's the way it goes. So, so true. Yeah, think, it is. And, and, and I so, like that his personal popcorn machine is what was keeping his like district together. <laughs> Yeah, I and it kept everybody happy during COVID, Absolutely. which is nice. Like, I mean, you don't want to pay attention to that big, you know, angry uh, virus that's floating around the uh, the air when you can just look at a 
popcorn machine and hang around the popcorn machine. So wait, on this this, uh, this story, hold this, on. I'm sorry, this story is uh, misleading because it's saying that this was like a bring to people together popcorn machine, mm -hmm. but it says help bring together the House Republicans. Caucus. Only Republicans, I know. But this is not. This is a partisan popcorn machine. It's supposed to be. It's partisan seems. popper. Yeah. So also, there's a photo here of uh, three older looking people standing around the uh, uh, popcorn machine. We have Lawrence Clemen, uh, Mary Johnson and Dennis Johnson um, all standing around the popcorn machine. I have to say, doesn't look uh, like they're really keeping mm. it in order. I it, so I see a plastic bag on the ground. I see a little kernel of popcorn on the ground and then numerous uh, brown paper bags surrounding the popcorn machine. Yeah, they're like papers up, on top of. of it. It just looks like a, a situation that if I were the building's operation manager or facility management director, whatever it is, uh, I would be concerned and I would be trying to get that out of the area too. Yeah, there's so, a cord that's clearly a tripping hazard. So we thought initially that this was a metaphor for you know all the little ways in which American politics and American unity is breaking down. Right. Um, you remove the popcorn machine and then, you know, that's one more brick in the wall. Right. Uh, one more link in the chain. Absolutely. But, uh, yep. You know, I think another symbol suggests itself here with respect to, yeah, the state of the popcorn machine. And th this uh, this section of the of the article actually kind of hints at that. Representative Mary Johnson was on her third batch of popcorn Monday wow. afternoon when the machine triggered the alarms for the second time that day. Yeah. Johnson said she wasn't aware of a policy that bans popcorn poppers, toasters, and other food appliances from the building, with the exception of the Capitol Cafe. So it's not even necessarily the existence of the popcorn machine that was an issue. It's maybe how the machine was used or more appropriately abused. It sounds well, like yeah. Mary Johnson was maybe popping too much popcorn in a day well this is what i was i was going to mention is that the fact that there's there's the bag on the ground a few kernels on the ground there's paper on top of this metal machine uh i think it's just people not taking this seriously like again as you said like uh uh mary johnson making three rounds of popcorn like just you're overworking this machine it doesn't look yeah. As though it can take the stress. I mean, obviously the COVID pandemic is stressing everybody out, but right. Having is, a popcorn is machine good. is a privilege. And it seems that the Republican caucus of North Dakota's Capitol building mm -hmm. was being a little too, you know, they set off the alarm twice. They yep. set it off once and then I thought, I gotta have some more popcorn. Yeah, and it's turned uh, facility management director John Boyle into an enemy, right? Because he right. has to take it away. <laughs> and he says that the policy was established to prevent the activation of fire alarms. And guess what's happening? Fire alarms. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, the people in charge uh, in this country are um, setting off fire alarms left and right. Um, and this is just one more example. Yeah. Yep. I, and and just a uh, a point of privilege here, I'd like to share. Um, do not forget to replace your batteries in your fire alarms and CO two detectors. Uh, Very true. You know, I, I I hate to be on a Zoom call and hear that beeping in the background. Oh it's my one god! Of the, I know. I've uh, you know I've seen it in YouTube videos, and if you again, if you see it in a YouTube video, comment, say don't forget to replace your battery because. I just think some people forget, but it seems as though uh, comment and timestamp too. 
in the video where it is so people can avoid that part. That's that's true. So Very helpful. It's, it seems as though uh, the North Dakota Capitol Building Facility Management Director, John Boyle, is on that and they have fresh batteries uh, alerting them to any sort of fires. But please, House Republicans of North Dakota State Capitol, please be aware of this. You're setting off the, the alarms and you're putting a strain on public resources. So let's uh, let's move along. Uh, we'll keep we'll be keeping an eye on North Dakota um, as we always do. Um, hey, Dev, I, I see this uh, this next article we have here kind of kind of fits right into your uh, you know avenue, the 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 groove that you're in, and that is physical fitness. Let me say, Devin Welsh is a physically fit man. <laughs> He's a fine oh. specimen of self motivated fitness. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, uh, yes, I'm on the physical fitness beat here at uh, Blue Man Group. And yeah, this is an interesting story. <clears throat> um, I think we'll find many metaphors here. Uh, Army revamps fitness exam, kicks out leg tuck requirement. Um, I love the title there, kicks out leg yeah, tuck nice. requirement. Um, the Army is kicking out the leg tuck requirement. It ended its requirement that soldiers do at least one leg tuck. where you So you hang from a bar... And then you pull your knees up near your shoulders as part of the new physical fitness test as it became clear that many troops, and the article says particularly women, were unable to do it. Uh, now soldiers will have the option of choosing another exercise called the plank that also shows core strength. Wow. So, yeah, so th they're changing their policy because soldiers are increasingly unable to do a single leg tuck. Um, and then... Um, well, the first thing that I thought was funny was that throughout the article, it hints at kind of blaming female soldiers. For <laughs> yeah, the yeah, it's really exactly. Just but like, I really don't. That doesn't make sense to me. And no, no. Uh, I kind 100%. of feel like it's probably because the male recruits are just like more flabby and weak. And yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then like whoever wrote the article was like a f another fella, and he wanted yeah. to go easy on the boys. Um, yeah, I, I, I do know who wrote the, the article. The uh, Lolita C. Baldor wrote the That's article. That's a fake name. That does seem That's like a, a uh, That's that a does man, seem baby. like a, a name for a, uh, uh, a, a press release. Somebody who writes press releases for the government. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it does seem it says uh, um, in a sweeping nod to gender differences. <laughs> Army leaders said Monday that they're also going to create a new tiered system that will make mask some of the fitness score differences between men and women when it comes to promotions or other job selections. Under that system, all soldiers will take the fitness test, which includes six different exercise events. The minimum score for passing is 60 points on each event for a total of 360. And the maximum is 100 points for each event for a total of 600. Right. Right, right, right. So yeah, so they're they're separating scores up so that men and women are on a separate scoring system, so they're not all ranked together. But I honestly wonder how much uh, this is being done to protect the male scores. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> again, that that does seem to be what's potentially going on here. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I remember, uh, you know, it, sometimes if you ever, if you went to school, high school in the United States, the uh, U.S. military would come into your high school and set up that bar and 
would ask you if you wanted to do pull-ups or whatever to pretend that you're in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, I never did it. I was mm. uh, not a pull-up guy. Um, and now you're not even able to do even one leg tuck. That's right. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I think we, we should, as Blue Men Group, uh, do the fitness exam, the, yeah. the military fitness exam, yeah. uh, and see if we pass. I was and... going to suggest the same, but we should also create the Blue Men Group physical fitness challenge that you do alongside the president's uh, yeah. physical fitness challenge in, in yes. grade school. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, would be that, good. Yeah, we should come up with our own really taxing uh, kind of physical fitness routine as a way to sort of like supercharge the troops and mm-hmm. and get rid of some of that flab. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this military uh, guy named Hibbard, uh, Major General Lonnie Hibbard, <laughs> says the leg tuck uh, was the number one failed event for both men and women, as well for uh, older soldiers. Uh-huh. So he said he goes on to say, as you look at those service members who have been in the army, especially 15, 20 years and have never been asked to build the upper body strength necessary to do a pull up or do a leg tuck. It gets significantly harder as they get older to build that strength. So they're also very old yes. now. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> All of our soldiers are like 45 and like, you know, they're hanging around the base. They're eating a lot of popcorn. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, it seems as I mean, this just kind of is a is a uh, indicator to me that our military is changing. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, if they're having to kind of make all of the stuff easier, that's probably the case. Well, and they're, they're probably cranking up the um, kind of like tech literacy requirements right. yeah. as well. I was just going to say, it's like you don't really need to do a leg tuck if you're just piloting uh yeah remote control airplane just get your avatar to do a leg tuck for you (laughs) yeah exactly and and you should be working on like your uh your finger clicking skills yeah exactly thumb dexterity more Uh more so like uh video game workouts they've got like two hours of mario party uh, in at like 5 a.m exactly yeah (laughs) taps to get get song goes off and then they all rush into like in front of the wii console yeah so uh i'm keeping an eye on the uh military um fitness exams again i said we will be uh probably trying to do our own here um uh the army center for initial military training uh commander hibbard maybe we can uh speak with him about uh, what we should be doing uh mm-hmm. as, also, as listeners uh, i'm also concerned because i'm starting to pick up on the fact that lonnie hibbard is an anagram for lolita c brador <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, the whole thing is just filled with fake names. But yeah, yeah it, it says at the end, uh, <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, it says at the end that, you know, oh, COVID-19, all the gyms have been closed. You know, it's been harder for the troops to yep. stay fit. And so, yep. so yep. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but uh, at the same uh, time, yeah. I, it doesn't seem. Yeah, I worry that, you know, you drop the leg tuck and then it's kind of a slippery slope. It's like, absolutely, exactly, exactly. You know, and then it's like, uh, you know, doing a push up is optional. And then, you know, <laughs> where are we? Jumping yeah, what, jacks are, uh, you know, you don't have to do them every time. Yeah. What happened to these kinds of, uh, you know, like 
uh, athletic feats of strength that would prevent like a uh, trench toe and that kind of stuff. You know, we're, we're in a, we're in a different world now, I guess, but, uh, yeah, back th- yeah. In the day, you'd have to like sleep while doing the splits with your, each of your legs up on one wall of the trench so that yeah. you don't have to actually touch the bottom. Yeah. yeah. Men would have to like in the field sleep while holding up their commanding officer <laughs> up yeah, out yeah. of the muck. Yeah. Men yeah. were, Men had thighs like barrels back in those days. <laughs> yeah, I like well, to it, imagine that General Lonnie Hibbert had like wanted to write an article that was like headline like "Military Full of Nancys and and Women." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Tone it down. Yeah. But he's like trying to like drop a lot of hints here. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm I'm uh currently looking at a photo of uh Major General Lonnie Hibbert. Uh, that guy can what do can a I, tuck. What can I say? He looks like a guy in the military. That's that's <laughs> essentially all I see. Um. But yeah, he he's he's the one in charge of all this. And by the way, I said trench toe, it's trench foot. Uh, let mm-hmm. us not mix up our uh, World War One uh, leg sicknesses. <laughs> leg um, sickness. Uh, but with that said, I would like to uh, you know do one sit up. Excellent form. Nice. There we go. Thank you. And move on to the next story. Now, this next story takes place on uh, America's highways. This is a very America-centric uh, show today. We're really, uh, you know, showing off the, 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 the cool and not-so-cool aspects of this here country. But, John, I would like you to uh, take this one. Um, yeah, I think that this is a great one to focus on, especially, you know, the last few episodes ago when we had the revelation that we were, you know, a trucker centric podcast. Yes. That we were pro truckers. Yes. And we wanted to find an article that spoke to our favorite segment of the American population. Truckers. The US trucking industry and truckers. Yeah. And this headline comes from the trucker.com. Yep. An August institution of trucker news. That's my and this is a breaking this is a breaking news story with a lot going on in it. US trucking industry answered the call in 2020 says ATA, the American Trucking Association's spear, which is, I guess, a guy. Now, this is not about a uh, phone that has been ringing all year <laughs> at their office and somebody picked it up. Yeah, they were out for not. a while driving and uh, they missed a couple calls. Yeah, but actually, they didn't miss any calls because they they were the ones who picked up the slack in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And American truckers are the story is basically that they it's a, basically a, a fluff piece. It's kind of a propaganda piece for truckers. Hey, don't yeah, our combined I mean, efforts have helped put America on a path to full recovery is sort of the, the pull here. Propaganda is not always a bad thing, John. Very true. Yeah, absolutely. Because we, we love our our uh, our friends out on the highway, you know, putting in those long hours, stopping in at uh, random truck stops to take showers, uh, mm-hmm. eating um big the hot dogs. pancakes in my mind that's what truckers eat yeah or the hot dogs that are on the little rotisserie sweating thing yeah 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 oh yeah so um spear said the challenges of 2020 have served to strengthen the ata calling the association battle hardened as it looks yes. to tackle a number of priority issues in the year ahead 
So it seems kind of like that uh, while the American military has become flabbier and weaker and doughier, yeah. American truckers have become quote unquote battle hardened. Yeah. yeah. And are stepping up in, in the department of, of like rigorousness and acumen in a way that the military just can't. It's yeah. true. Truckers these days are leg tucking morning, noon and night. Like these yeah. guys are these guys are made of steel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, on October 26th, as we said, the, the, the state of the industry address for at the American Trucking Association's uh, management conference, mm-hmm. I would have loved to have been there. And I, I, it's probably happened over a uh, zoom or whatever due to COVID-19, but I would have loved to have had my, my ear to the ground while Chris Spears was telling us all about the, uh, the trucking industry, because do you want, I'm trying to get as much information as I can on the trucking industry because they are going up and down and crissing and crossing all sorts of highways. And uh, I, I think about it. Think about everything that's in the back of those trucks. You don't even see it, but it's showing up wherever you need it. The store, essentially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm talking about the store. And you um, know what? This is the year the ATA has, has a firm resolve that this is the year that people stop writing wash me on the sides of trailer hitches because they're yeah. just not going to take it anymore. Come on. We're trying to save water. And they are battle hardened. So do not attempt to write snide messages on the back of truck trailers. The only message you can write on the back of a trailer, do not write wash me. That's played out. Is just write thank you. Blue Man Group. Listen to Blue Man Group podcast is all you're allowed to write on trucks. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to spread the word because, you know, these are the people that we're trying to get in touch with. Um, so if you know any, or if you see any trucks, you know, stop them, talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, uh, the American trucking association really kind of, uh, lashed out at DC and I mean, that's, you may as well, right. Beltway insiders trying to slow yeah. you down while you're trying to transport right. your stuff. You know, uh, Spear, uh, said while others in DC panicked, I'm sure they're talking about like COVID-19 stuff. The ATA led the giving direction and certainty to our members when it mattered most. John already read that. Is that already, was that already read? No, not <laughs> at all. No, no. Okay, sorry. But uh, I, I think that's a great point. I think Chris Spear, we should get Chris Spear on the, uh, on the show. How do yeah, we get Chris Spear on good. the show? He, he, we might need to, we might need to build our way up because he's kind of a big fish in the truck. Yeah, he world. is a big we might fish. Need to, we need to start small. We need to, you know, pay our dues before. Yeah, we, we need to pay our dues for sure. He's a 18 wheeler and we need to be focusing on, on like box trucks, like the U-Haul mm-hmm. style. Like yeah, we'll ones. get there. He'll get on the show eventually. But for now, we're, we're, we're going to be talking to like the local delivery guys. Yeah. Um, um, the article ends uh, with Chris Peter saying, it is no surprise that America has awakened to the trucking industry. Together, we inspire others. Together, we will win and grow. And we'll always answer the call when our country needs us most. Trucking isn't just the backbone of our economy. It's the heartbeat of this nation. So, dear listener, when you see those, uh, you know, those 18 wheelers going down the road, don't do the don't do the the horn up and down. No signal with your hump. No, don't go up and down with your fists in the air, asking them to honk for your enjoyment. Why don't you salute? Yeah, a little salute action. Yeah. Why don't you give a little something back? Yeah, they're doing all this stuff for you. Yeah, they're driving 10 hours a day on, you know, the most boring roads, you know, <laughs> you could have ever imagined. It's really bleak in America. For our non-American listeners, people people who have never driven on the US interstate highway system, it is very dull. 
Yeah, there's not much really. There's a lot of uh, um, uh, billboards for for kind of churches and stuff. They tell you Jesus is coming back, and there's a lot of uh, adult superstore type situations. Yeah. And there's like McDonald's micro region targeted ads. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Shoney's, just like restaurants everywhere, or Starbucks. You know, Starbucks is all over this country. It's team. This country, this teeming with Starbucks. Um, yeah, and you know, people out there who are listening, who love their Wi-Fi networks, they love their internet. You know, where yep. you can surf the net, you can go from one website to another. Well, there's there's a whole system, you know, that supports you being able to do that. And and truckers are kind of like they're you know they're riding the 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 IRL versions of these internet networks. They are yep. yes. they are your data. Yep. brought to life and so you know you have yeah. you have no choice but to respect i think and, and devin you're so metaphorical today that's great i love it yeah. I, I devin is painting us pictures um and yeah i think about that that's devin a is really doing nice leg tucks and metaphors and all this whole <laughs> entire episode <laughs> yeah that it's a nice way to think about it though because these trucks are the data on the uh, the the network of highways hitting those nodes you know the cities are the nodes that's mm -hmm. where they're they're coming Delivering. in bringing in their 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 you know whatever it may be their halls or data packets yep mm -hmm. and uh we have to recognize that we need to understand what that means if you have any questions please send us a letter to blue men group p.o box 21249 detroit michigan 48221 Now, I have a little update that I would like to uh, uh, tune us into. Uh, you may remember a few episodes back. I believe it was two episodes. If you if, if you haven't listened to that one, go back. You, you, we're always going to be here. Okay. Uh, we have been raising money for beer can cleanup. Um, I read a uh, letter to the editor from the Whidbey News Times which is a small local media outlet in Whidbey Island, which is in the Puget Sound of Washington State. And there is an issue happening at uh, the EB's Landing uh, National Historical Site of people just leaving, un unknown people, we don't know who it is, leaving beer cans everywhere. And we wanted to step in as lovers of beer and nature and i've uh you, excuse me we have been raising money uh 65 goal uh it, to send them a recycling bin and we are at 60 dollars we are well so can we close. do can we do an update can we get a drum roll and can you refresh let's just check that real quick yeah Okay, let's uh, let's get a drum roll here and let's update the let's refresh the page and see what we can see. Maybe we'll have hit the <laughs> Oh no, we're still at oh. sixty. Well I okay, we but anyway, we'll we'll be getting there momentarily, folks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's yeah, something is uh something's Pending, as of live on the show, we have hit the goal. We we know we've we done it. We've we done did it. Sixty-five. Nice. Um, and so we've. What does what does that mean, Ron? What what happens next? 
Okay, well, I'm glad you asked. So I am going to reach out to the Whidbey Times, okay? And I'm going to speak to the editor and I am going to set to ask if we can send this brute Rubbermaid recycling bin and lid to their office. So Louis Ferrer, who is the person picking up the cans and garbage, can get this recycling bin to place there. Uh, over at EB's Landing, and then hopefully we'll have some pictures, and we can see if it's actually doing the work. If if it's if it you know mm-hmm. people are putting cans in it, yeah. And you know, special thanks to all of our supporters on this campaign. Uh, we would also like to especially highlight uh, donor Robert Steelquist, who has uh, <laughs> given an, an outstanding twenty dollars towards the goal. Uh, we yes. will be having uh, Robert Steelquist on the show to discuss. Uh, his philanthropy and yes. his other efforts in uh, cleaning up this country. That is correct, John. I but uh, just an addendum. I still haven't asked him, so that's fine. We'll... Uh, but okay. we will. He will be on the show. But uh, he's interested. Uh, we will be speaking with him. Yes, he is an outstanding donor. He he again, the largest sum came from Robert Steelquist, who does care about cleaning up the area. Probably likes beer too. So that's that's pretty fascinating. We 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 did it, everyone. We we managed to raise sixty five dollars. Now, some of you may, may be asking, like, how much of this is going into your pockets? What <laughs> is this a three dollar recycling bin, et cetera, et cetera? No, there's only three dollars left over. And what am I going to use those three dollars left over for? Um, like handling. And it, that's like yeah. the shipping and handling. Shipping and part. handling. Um. Yeah. The handling is really an overlooked part of the shipping and handling. It key. is. It is. And did, John, you you just ask all those truckers, okay? They are doing the handling Come on, and the exactly. shipping. Yeah. So that is absolutely incredible. I will say that that is my first ever successful GoFundMe. By the way, my first ever GoFundMe. So I'm one for one. We are one for one. Uh, <laughs> keep on saying that, that. handling um, fee is burning a hole in your pocket yeah i know three dollars it, it's it's nuts but uh I, I can't believe it i would like i guess uh, is that do i hear people saying speech should i give a speech <laughs> uh yeah yeah i hear well, yeah i hear a low rumbling this across this, kind of speech. this great nation i was thinking we say the names of everyone who donated um yeah i would lo- i think that a, we can make that a uh, a ritual for future gofundmes which we will be doing because we plan on not only helping out Whidbey um island but everywhere else in america eventually okay. the world i think yeah yeah exactly yeah, this is international of course not america yeah, everywhere. yeah. anywhere so but not only just a specific places around the world, the entire world, we will be helping. <laughs> right. We'll be Through GoFundMe. Yeah. Uh, we're, yeah, we're doing, we're raising um, $19 billion on GoFundMe <laughs> to help out some, <laughs> help some the projects in the world. It's an infrastructure <laughs> project. Uh, we'll tell you more later. Okay, so I would like to mention uh, some of our uh, uh, beautiful and, and, and uh, donors. Uh, let's start out with John V. John V., uh, donated uh, $10. Um, I do know that John V is familiar with Whidbey Island. Uh, I, I received a message from John V and uh, he mentioned he's been there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and thank Enrique, you, John v for being bold enough to be our first donor. Our yes. Campaign. Now, uh, friend of the show, Enrique, donated $5. Thank you so much, Enrique. We really Great. appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, also from Washington State, or living there is uh, Nicholas Bigelow. Mm-hmm. 
uh, friend of the show, uh, also a, a bit of an enemy of the show too. Um, also, fi- uh, a $5 donation from Kelly Locks. Kelly, thank you so much. Uh, Kelly's a, a great uh, needlepoint artist, uh, also a friend of the show, donated $5. Again, our premium donor, uh, kind of the top tier. It's like a corporate donation almost. It's, it's at the top of the donation placard. It's going to, yeah. you know, there's tiers of donation. There's like, you know, all the, yeah. there's bronze, silver, gold. He's on the gold. He's the only one on the gold tier. Yeah. Uh, Robert Steelquist. Robert, thank you so much. I will be reaching out to you soon. I would love to hear more about your experiences in the area uh, and your philanthropy, as, as John mentioned. The Steelquist story, if you will. Yeah, uh, the steel. Qu- yeah. So uh, also, Andy, Andy, thank you so much for donating five dollars. Andy is a uh, 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 also a friend of the show. We have many. I mean, this is how we do it, right? We, this is a uh, grassroots funding uh, to literally help save the grass in on Whidbey Island. Uh, um, thank you so much, Andy. And lastly, we have Catherine Dean. Um, Kath is a. Uh, uh, one of one of our friends here on the show, and and uh, uh, you know, always putting in some time to help out. That's one of Cat's uh, favorite things to do. Okay. Um, and I believe that maybe what there was one more anonymous. Yeah, we had an anonymous uh, uh, donor. Oh, mm-hmm. someone who doesn't um, like the limelight. That's yeah, that's wow. that's nice. That whoever, that's probably probably like Jeff are, Bezos or something. Yeah, whoever you are, uh, we salute you. We thank you so much for being the final donor that put us over the top. And you know, you're just so virtuous. Not not wanting your name to be out there. I mean, you know, this is what they want. This is exactly what an anonymous donor always is looking for: is yeah. that praise. They're so generous; they don't even want their name associated with it. Frankly, yep. it makes me sick. Only they know that they donated and it must feel great for them to know that they to be donated. so much better than the other donors yeah all right let's move well, on. well yeah thank you very much Whibby island well, you'll be receiving that uh blue blue container and we're uh, expecting updates soon All right, let's move on to one of our favorite segments, Hero of the Week. All right, so our hero this week is a criminal. Um, <laughs> and uh, they were recently arrested, hot off the AP wire. The AP wire is just oozing into my IV drip, and I am reading it all, taking it in in my brain, and this one set off my alarms. Headline, man arrested after taking daughter into zoo elephant habitat. Now, I don't believe there's a, a law on the books that says you can't enter the zoo elephant habitat. Let me check the books. Nope, you're right. You're right. No law. But there is a law called suspicion of child endangerment, which is what the father has been arrested on after he carried his two-year-old daughter into the elephant habitat at the San Diego Zoo to take a photograph with the animals. The man bypassed multiple barriers and, quote, purposely and illegally trespassed into a habitat for Asian and African elephants Friday afternoon, zoo spokesman Andrew James said. So San Diego Zoo, very famous zoo, if not the most famous zoo in America. Uh, I have to imagine that these are very well, you know, kept uh, uh, 
living quarters. And I can understand why uh, our, our friend here wanted to go in with the with the two year old. The two year old probably wanted said like, "Can we go in there?" And you can't. You don't want to say no, right? And you just you you. There's sure there are multiple barriers, but those aren't necessarily to stop you from taking your two year old in. <laughs> those are uh, presumably there for other animals. So I I think you should just be able to walk wherever you want in the zoo. I'm call me a, a zoo libertarian, but uh, I think it should just be freewheeling at the zoo. Hmm. Yeah, that could get dangerous. Um, but one one uh, sort of universal element of this story that I found funny was uh, witness Lori Ortal told KSWB-TV she heard a woman yelling, Jose, stop, before a man jumped the fence and threw the elephant enclosure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These guys right away were saying that elephant is going to charge. And then it did. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm walking back my whole uh, libertarian uh, ideas of the zoo now. Yeah, a video provided shows a man dropped the child as they flee the enclosure as a trumpeting elephant charged at them. The man picked up the toddler and was able to get her out safely. This sounds like identical to a Simpsons episode plot. <laughs> I was like, thinking the exact same thing. It's, it's like literally Homer. It it embodies Homer Simpson in so many yeah. subtle aspects of Homer yeah. Simpson's character. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the fact that he did it and maybe he did it because his kid wanted to do it and he thought it would be fun. It's like, oh, let's go. And then yep. they jump in. He drops the kid when the animal right. animal charges. Marge is over there before he even tries telling right. him, no, don't do it. Yep. And then the most Simpsons-y thing of all, it's like the baby's fine. No one gets hurt. Yeah, that's it's true. Just like a, it's just a goof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there there is video on Seven San Diego, uh, and that's the NBC affiliate. Um, just just want to mention we are not affiliated with the uh, NBC affiliate in San Diego, but uh, I I would like to hear how they reported on the situation. Let's take a listen. All right, we'll take a look at this new video that we received overnight of a terrifying moment for visitors at the San Diego Zoo. We're hearing from people who watched in disbelief, you can hear it too, as a man carried his two-year-old child into a gated-off elephant habitat. NBC7's Lauren Coronado spoke to one witness who walked us through that incident. I was literally speechless. I, I was, you know, it was one of those moments where you try to talk and you know you're going to probably tear up because, you know, every, the adrenaline is going so much. Matthew Pasilia and his family are annual pass holders at the San Diego Zoo. They visit often, but this time was unlike any other. I'd say it took my wife and I a good, you know, half hour where we were finally able to kind of get our composure and just, you know, digest what happened. Wow. <laughs> and like, I like that, that they always have in these news stories somebody who witnessed it and they have nothing to say about the event at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like speechless, really. It was shocking, really. <laughs> and then yeah. Cut. Tell me more. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the video actually is pretty nuts. The yeah, guy's just kind of standing there and like with his back to an elephant, which listen, you, you don't do that. I've, I've read a few books. You don't not even having to do with elephants, but I know that you just don't do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and the elephant does make quite a charge. It looks like the elephant is the one who's enforcing the like no trespassing rule. Yeah. yeah. Like it's Very sort of like gets so. really close in stampedes, but then like it stops short and just sort of like faints a bit. Yeah. yeah. As it's if the, sort of say, it's the, it's the elephant's rule. It's actually not right. The exactly. Rule. Yeah, that's why it's not illegal. But the child endangerment was. 
the uh, San Diego Zoo has uh, deputized a few of the elephants <laughs> there, and that was one of them who uh, came to the came to the rescue. The Asian elephant, too, man. You don't want to mess with it. There's a uh, there's an old story from like the 19th century of an Asian elephant that uh, killed a circus keeper on his second day of work in Tennessee, oh, wow. and then they hanged the elephant. Oh, oh come on! Which is crazy. Wow, incredible um, way to uh, end that segment. The uh, <laughs> The uh, but that's why by, the rule exists. So you don't want to, you know, get too close to these things. They're big, powerful beasts. You know, they're yeah. sort of like the truckers of the animal kingdom. Ah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's there true. we go. And yeah. you know, the elephants never forget anything. Apparently, the, the <laughs> right. mind, yeah, mind of another, an elephant. Yeah, that's another scary thing, and another reason why you don't want to get near them. Yeah, um, is that um, they they have a very sharp memory. If you do anything wrong. They'll never forget it. And they'll no. never forgive you either. They'll never no. forgive you. So famously, like, yeah, famously like good memory and also like completely unsympathetic. Yeah, exactly. And like uh thirty-six years down the line, that elephant's gonna be like, Do you do you want do you wanna hear the story? Let me tell you this. Sit down. Yeah. Be like, uh there's a there's a two year old that came into my uh, thing with her dad, blah, blah, blah. It was a Sunday so, yeah, that, afternoon. That... The temperature was 76 degrees Fahrenheit. It was <laughs> yeah, a yeah, San Diego day. It's just like the elephant's like rain, man. Yeah. The barometric San pressure. Diego, San Diego Padres cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a small stain on the brim. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, Barry Bond's batting average was 365 in the uh, 2008 World Series. Yeah. So that's just a more elephant facts about uh san diego things that's the other um, reason that they don't want you in the elephant pen is because you won't be able to leave as it starts to begin to tell you stories from its life yeah exactly never yeah. ending Save yeah i would itself. i would it love in the way of zoo operations i would love to get a parrot uh a tortoise and an elephant in the same room and just let them talk it out about the old days because uh -oh. they're all <laughs> They're all incredibly, they just live forever. One of them can talk. The other is like, <laughs> plays the trumpet. And one is just uh, really, really old. So that, that this is, I don't, I mean, zoos, who knows what's going on at the zoo. But San Diego, I know San Diego <laughs> Zoo, that, that one's apparently good, I guess. And it is like uh, hot there. It's the most sunshine in, in, in uh, all of America. The really? sunniest days happen in San Diego. So uh I, I I just have questions for uh, Jose Manuel Navarrete. Um, all I can say is we got to be careful, Jose. Like yeah. you can't be going in there, Jose. Stop, Jose. Stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, let's uh, we'll keep an eye on on other elephants. Elephants are uh, something that I'm not going to forget. Um, and we'll be uh, you know maybe looking for more elephant stories in the future. Yeah, and congratulations to our hero Jose for his Homer Simpson esque dumb luck that keeps him from getting hurt. Exactly that that almost turned into a uh, Harambe situation. All right, everybody. As we wrap up the show this week, we uh, always finish up with one of our favorite and newest segments. This week this in numbers. Week number, so as we log on to the dashboard to take a look at our numbers. Yeah, what are we we what are we looking at today, Ron? What are the numbers? Listen, it looks good. I'm happy over here, okay? Do you know why? Because we are up over the past 14 days, nine percent. Okay. Excellent. Oh yeah. Yes. Okay, and now listen, we, we don't talk about Nailed yesterday's it. downloads. Nope. I don't know if we talk about seven-day downloads. Yes, we do. We do. Okay. 
Those are the ones that count. Last, last seven days, 160 listens. Excellent. Oh, yeah. That's wow. good. Oh, yeah. yeah Wasn't climbing. our goal just that's 86 up. Yeah. or something? No, that's, yeah, something like that. All okay. 160 of you out there, we salute you. Thank we you so much. We salute you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our listeners are kind of the truckers of the podcast. Ah, the yes. The Absolutely. listeners are the truckers. Yes. This is a trucker podcast, not only in the literal sense, but also <laughs> in the sense that, like, you know, yeah, we are the truckers of the podcasting community. I think. Yes. Yeah. And, and our listeners are as brave and as heroic as truckers. That's mm-hmm. great. I love that. Just that by you guys are, That's so good. All right. So in the last 30 days, 628 downloads. Now, Fantastic. all-time downloads. This is spectacular. Do you know why this is spectacular? Because why? it's no. a nice round number. Oh, yeah. All-time downloads, 2,000. Oh, so I believe that last week's was it last week where we wanted to get seventeen seventy six or was that two weeks ago? Who that was cares? like five doesn't weeks ago. <laughs> doesn't matter at all. We are at two thousand all time downloads and boy am I sitting pretty on this. I'm jazzed, yeah. You yeah. can't beat it. So yeah. we're doing we're doing good, folks. Uh, thank you so much for continuing to listen to the show. Yeah. And continuing to make the numbers go up. Which yeah, is we. Yeah, everything. Look, look at this. We have a successful uh, GoFundMe. We are, uh, you know, b- boosting our numbers left and right. We are making inroads, no pun intended, with uh, yeah. truck drivers, and uh, it just seems like there's nowhere but up for this here podcast. It's great news for us as podcasters, but it's even better news for the listener because it means they're doing their job. Mm-hmm. They're getting these podcasts out in front of the other people. They're yep. downloading them. They're subscribing. They're playing them into an empty room if need be. Yep. Or on mute. You can play the full episode and have it on mute. It's okay. Yeah, run it on mute all night. Folks. Okay. <laughs> all night. Just on repeat. It would be yeah. great if you did that. But listen. I am very thankful. We are very thankful for everything that you have been doing with your ears towards us by listening, <laughs> sharing uh, with your fingers, your thumbs, everything else through your digital devices. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.